Welcome to the Location Technology Podcast from Gorpa, bringing you everything you need to know about all things location. Find out more at gorpa.com forward slash podcast. Welcome to this Gorpa uh, podcast, uh, where we will today be uh, diving into a, a heavy metallic manufacturing environment together with uh, with two interesting uh, companies that, that the Gorpa is, is working with. Uh, we will learn about how the accurate location data uh, of the tracked objects in such an environment will, will help help uh, extract valuable insights uh, uh, and, and, and data and reports that uh, eventually then is is, uh, is the basis for for improved uh, operations in, in 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 such a site and in such an environment, but. Uh, I want to start by introducing my guests today. Uh, so please welcome uh, Pontus Rosengren from Virtual Manufacturing and Scott Dunkley from Sulchar Pumps uh, UK. Uh, before I let the gentlemen introduce themselves and their company and their role, I'll just want to still welcome you all to this podcast. My name is Thomas Hasselman and uh, I'm the Chief Sales Officer at Coopa. But over to you, Pontus. Oh, thank you so much. Uh, so my name is uh, Pontus Rosingen, and I work uh, as the CEO of Virtual Manufacturing uh, and also uh, taking care of uh, building our uh, tracking platform, uh, which is called uh, Gaspacho, that uh, uh, Scott, who is also on the call today, is uh, uh, using in their uh, facilities around the world. So far, one, soon two locations. Uh, yeah. yeah. So thank you so much for letting me be part of this podcast. And I will introduce our company a little bit more uh, just now. So over to you, Scott. Thank you so much. So thank you. Thank you, Pontus. Thank you, Thomas. Uh, so my name is Scott Dunkley. Um, I work for Salsa Pumps. I am currently responsible for manufacturing execution systems globally. So our productive environments require digital solutions to find them and implement them globally. Yeah, thank, thanks, gentlemen, for, for joining. Uh, yeah, why, why don't we start a bit with, uh, with uh, you, Pontus? So if you can go a bit deeper into into what virtual manufacturing is doing, especially in the context of of uh, uh, of, of, of what, yeah, what you do with uh, with the sulfur pumps, and and uh, and then then we can then we can move forward into Scott. So over to you again, Pontus. Oh, thank you so much. Uh, yes, so virtual manufacturing is a Swedish. Uh, consultancy company uh, started in uh, 2006 with uh, four different uh, locations around the world. So we have an Asia headquarters in uh, Thailand, and then we're in Sweden on a few different locations. And then we also have in uh, UK and USA. And uh, what we do as a company is that uh, we help our customers to bring uh, value into production. So uh, these different values can be uh, sustainability, safety, and ergonomics. 
uh, and there keeping track of uh, movements is uh, essential uh, to get data about where we have uh, uh, possibilities for improvements. We also help our customers to, to get increased quality. So increased quality can also come from knowing where things are. So making sure that the right product is in the right process and that it's following the right routing at the right time <laughs> and uh, being operated by a person who is the right person for this job, uh, meaning they have been trained in the correct way and so on. Uh, we also help our customers to reduce time. Time is an aspect that uh, all assets use, whether we're human or a machine. So looking at movements of assets, whether it's uh, people, forklifts, tools, we want to know how they are moving, how are we utilizing it. Uh, helping customers to reduce uh, working progress. So instead of having uh, lots of money uh, on the shop floor, uh, trying to move this money back uh, into the bank account instead, uh, and knowing how much we have in working progress at each process uh, can help uh, a lot with that. So these are uh, some of the things that we help our customers with, especially when it comes to related to knowing where things are. So uh, what uh, RTLS can be used for. Thank you. Yeah, um, I understand that you in your portfolio have different ways of, 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 uh, of uh, collecting that data. I know now I'm more referring to location data. So. Um, you have optical systems, and uh, and then then you also ended up with uh, complementing that uh, that suite of uh, of uh, loca location enablers with Coupa as well. So, uh, do you want to yeah. say a few words about uh, how you ended up partnering with Coupa? Yes. So uh, basically, for for us, when we see uh, tracking, so we are actually. We, we see ourselves as hardware agnostics, uh, meaning that uh, for us, it doesn't really matter what the technology is. It's just that the technology needs to be good enough to solve the problem that the customer has. And when it comes to uh, tracking, so in this case, we were uh, looking at lots of different possibilities uh, when it comes to Sulcer. So we were looking at okay, is this case good for uh, RFID, for example? And then we said, no, it's not good for RFID because uh, then the, either the infrastructure needs to be very, very expensive to keep track of where things are at all times. Uh, so that's why we cut them off. And then when it came to uh, uh, choosing between, I would say, uh, ultrasound, ultra-wideband, or, or Bluetooth, low-energy angle of arrival, which uh, Coupa is, uh, then it just came down to it being most cost-effective solution for the quality that we wanted. So we wanted to know where, where things were within, uh, <coughs> I would say, uh, plus-minus a uh, uh, couple of uh, uh, centimeters. And uh, that was what Coupa could help us with. Uh, so it worked out uh, perfectly in this sense. And also that the customer requirements was in this case to both uh, locate uh, inside the factory and outside of the factory. And uh, Coupa had really good solutions for, for both of these cases. 
Thank you. Yeah, that uh, warms my Kulpa heart <laughs> to hear. Uh, let's now move over to, to Scott and, and hear a bit about, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the project at hand where, 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 where what we are going to be talking about, how you, how it all started, uh, what triggered it at, at, at Solcher Pumps and, and uh, how RTLS, uh, real-time location system, was seen as a key component in solving the challenges there. So, Scott, do you want to get us into yeah. the into into your world now? Yeah. So in in around twenty uh, twenty we we did some we did some research within our factories, and what we were trying to do is 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 try and understand how we can improve our our factory processes and how we can improve how we handle and, and move our materials. So we did some investigation at at some of our what we call warehouse managed facilities. And as we was doing the investigation, we found that we were we were losing around a, an average of a hundred hours per week in these factories, just looking for materials, production tools, uh, plant equipment, and it, it wasn't just in one particular area. This was across the board. So project management out looking for for it for the let's say the products that was out in the workshop, and and it was like how how can we how can we better get a control of this. So we we started to look. I started to look at what solutions were out there in the market, and and as Pontus already touched on, you know, there, there was there's lots of different solutions out there. RFID, there's uh, various other things. So there's passive and and active. But looking at our factory environments, there, there's a lot of let's say metal components because of the industry that we're working. So there's lots of metal, high racking, um, large machine plant, uh, machine equipment, machine tools. It was like, what's the best solution for us? We don't want to have gateways all over the all over the factory. So we was looking at the right solutions that also came in at the at the right cost, you know, because every every project had a cost. And we we did the research and we we had a few vendors. They came in, they they gave us some information, and and they weren't quite right for what we wanted. And and then we. We had a discussion with with virtual manufacturing as we'd done some work with these this this company in the past, and I was talking with Pontus, and, and Pontus then went out and also did some research in in terms of using his contacts, and this is when we found that the Cooper, after some investigation and, and, and discussions, Cooper was the right match for us. Um, we went and looked at another facility that had got the Cooper. Um, hardware installed, not so much the virtual manufacturing front end, but the, the the Cooper hardware was installed, and we had a look at that. That was another company within the UK. It was like, yeah, this this really works for us. It was another engineering facility, and it worked for us. So we we, we went down the route of of getting the the capex raised and, and and making sure we pulled together the right team. So so internally, we pulled it together our team. Our we pulled together. Uh, we had Matt Anderson, who led it from from a, a data analytics and, and smart tech. So he's he's our guy from from Winterthur. Then we had some some local teams. Chris Mullaney, who was our our local IT uh, support, and and he really helped drive it from a local IT, making sure we'd got the right the, the right switches and, and we got the cabling installed, all the install done correctly. And then we used some of our local SAP team. So we had. Uh, one of our team members, George Sculthorpe and, and Ben Skerritt, they helped us get the correct um, fields and, and information from SAP 
into into the into the front end so that we could read the correct data and see everything as we needed to see it the i guess the only the only challenges we really saw with 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 the project was was the amount of data that we was getting which which we didn't foresee at the at first we have we have solutions in place now but at, at the first pass we didn't realize just how much data we was going to get across from from the tags which which is great and fantastic because we can do the deep dive and analysis in this this at a later stage but that was one of the the only things that we didn't really foresee when we when we started with the project great uh, any anything you can reveal then on 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 the actual use cases itself for the use case so so what were you looking for um, what were, i mean we talked about forklifts and so on what what were the trackable objects or, or that, that that you saw that where the efficiencies could mostly be gained from if you knew how they move yeah so so Currently, at the moment, we're still in the let's say the early stages. I think we've got around five or six hundred uh, assets tracked at the moment. So we're tracking the we're tracking different types of assets. So one, let's say one stage of the assets is the production assets. So these are components that are going through the the machine shop, the assembly shop, etc. So that's one group of assets that we're tracking. And then we have a separate group of assets that we're tracking, which is what we class as plant equipment, which is forklift trucks, stacker trucks, man risers. Um, ladders safety equipment various things like this and in terms of in terms of the benefits that we've seen already is is the let's say the shop the shop guys when they're looking for a forklift truck they're able to just go and find where it is rather than spending five or ten minutes walking around the factory they can find out where a forklift truck is straight away and we do have to do a little bit more of a deep dive into exactly where it's saving us but but in the first let's say this first initial few months it's made it easier for for the for the shop workers to find certain plant equipment, which which is which is great. We also have the the let's say the the inspections that we have the mandatory inspections of, of plant equipment safety uh, safety checks of of the lifting equipment. This has also been made easier. So when we have the external vendors that come on site to do the checks of the plant equipment, they're asking where is X, where is Y, and we just put it into the list. It's right here. And we're saving we're saving them lots of time also in terms of researching that. But we do we do need to do a, a more of a deep dive and get down to the nitty gritty of exactly what it's saving us. But we can see already just by by talking to the guys that it is it is helping them already. That that is got an interesting point you raised there in your last sentence is, is getting the the acceptance and the and, and the buy-in from the from the from, from the users actually so yeah so did now you said that you have it but did, did you feel uh, a resistance there in the beginning when you talked about introducing a location system or was that seen as welcoming <laughs> yeah we, we didn't really get any resistance at all from 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 the solution you know once once we presented it to the to the management team and and to the to the local team that we're going to be using it in in terms of in in real terms using it in anger every day they was quite happy with that you know when the <laughs> some of the feedback that you get is we spent you know an hour yesterday looking for all these components for a project and the night shift come in and and a lot of these components then move through the life cycle of of, of production and, and and then the day shift come in and they can't find what they were looking for so the 
it, it adds some level of frustration to their daily daily lives and, and we've taken away that frustration by them being able to just filter by a project and see all the equipment exactly where it is in, in, in the workshop. So no no real uh let's say negativity from from the end users because all we've done is help help them in, in their day day to day tasks. Great, great. Yeah that that is key of course in order for a project to 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 become successful. Uh, Pontus, any any insights or any any observations from your side now that you've been getting, as as you said, Scott, in the beginning, maybe even too much data, but uh, but being able to to analyze the data, any any immediate uh, observations. Yeah, I think there's uh, stuff that we have been looking at and just started discussing right now that looks very very promising. Uh, so, but uh, actions haven't been taken yet, and uh, therefore we cannot uh, uh, reveal what it is. But we're seeing very promising results, and I think also looking forward uh, with this is also that we're trying to look at how we can uh, be more proactive with the help of location data. So, trying to think of what can we do proactively, then instead of just using it as a uh, a tracking tool to find where things are right now, but for for things to maybe uh, signal where they are and how they feel and, and, and so on, and, and to have triggers from from the the system and so on. So so it's very interesting uh, uh, moving forward now as well together with Sutsur uh, on those uh, these projects. Indeed, indeed. Uh, maybe we we'll still step back to the to the beginning of the project so uh, your learnings scott or, or your observations from the actual deployment itself you 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 you, you sort of mentioned already that your it colleagues and i mean the installing and, and, and locations system we all know it's 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 a system it's something that, that touches many many points so uh, how did it go so the the in, the install went really really well. You know, we we had facilities from 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 the Cooper side who who took the the factory layout and used used this tool to say how many kind of beacons we would need. We did the the readings of their height, and obviously within within our buildings and our engineering facilities, we have overhead cranes. We have lots of steel beams, and and. We we took we did the factory assessment, took lots of photographs, did did lots of uh, dimension reports, um, and then we got the overlay from from Vasilis, which told us where we needed to position the the beacons. Um, but it, it it wasn't very restrictive in terms of it has to be here within within the space of three or four inches here and there. We had a little bit of leeway if there was something that was in the way that wasn't quite expected. So we we had a little bit of a leeway, and when it came to the commissioning, I think after I think overall we had around seventy six beacons installed, and we only had to move three or four beacons really. So in terms of in terms of an install, um, it went really really well. Um, the only issues were internal issues where we were where we were trying to manage working around the production environment. So we did a lot of work over the weekends when there was less less activity, because obviously working in a large environment, we can't just stop production <laughs> within these within these areas. So, but the install, like I said, the install went, went really, really well. 
no no major challenges. All the cables got pulled correctly. Um, we put the fall arrests on 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 the on the beacons. Um, yeah, and, and that was working with with a, a local partner and, and Chris Mullaney here in in Leeds, our IT guy. Um, and it, it went it it went better than expected, to be honest, because normally there's always some kind of challenge when you're doing a big install. Indeed, indeed, it is. Happy to hear, happy to hear about that. So, so by the sound of it, Scott, you're um, you're kind of a, uh, convinced uh, uh, that uh, so far you're getting uh, the, the thumbs up from 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 your team and from your colleagues, and uh, the first uh, uh, observations and and the results from from uh, from from the data that that uh, the, that the Pontus and, and and his team and the Gaspacho platform is. Is producing is giving valuable, actionable insights for you. So, yeah. what's the next steps? What's your plans going forward with this? So, the next step is we we are now uh, we're now currently right now in the process of of doing the install in another factory. So we we've taken on another site um, in in Mexico where we're now going to do the install there. Um, once once we've done the install there again we. We need to provide the the benefits to the business and let them see and understand the benefits. But then we will look to then expand it through to the, our other sites within the flow equipment business. Um, this may this may even extend to other business units within Salsa. Um, I'm sure that will be reviewed and discussed in 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 the near future. That's exciting, yeah. Mexico definitely <laughs> already as a, as a as a geographical site is is, is an interesting, interesting uh, uh, new new experience. Um, by the sound of it, I mean you mentioned expanding to another site. It, it sounds like your management, the guys sitting on the budget, is is convinced on let's let's move on to the following site. Am I right? Yeah, yeah. The the management so far with what they've seen of 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 the let's say the tool or the, the the investment that we've made, they're happy with what they've seen so far. All the users are happy. So whatever we're getting that, it's like I say, it's now just getting down to the real detail in terms of making sure it works for us, understanding the benefits of the project, making sure everybody that's using it is happy, and that, that we really integrate this as part of our day to day life within the business. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Good. Uh, Pontus, uh, where do we go from here? I mean, uh, can we expect uh, another podcast where we, where we, you can reveal a bit more the, the results of, of, uh, of uh, the first sort of a months of, of, of operation? Sure. I, I think that would be the perfect natural step so that in a few months' time, maybe go through a little bit more and maybe also go through a little bit what other values that we can uh, at least uh, think that we could get, even though that uh, we we uh, haven't uh, applied it uh, in the Sulzer case yet. But I think it's a really interesting topic to discuss about what uh, tracking data can help us with, because I would say that is one of the foundations for a for a digital twin that is. Uh, huge topic around in industries in the world. And if you have a digital twin without uh, tracking, then uh, it wouldn't be a digital twin because things would get lost. Exactly. exactly. Well said, Pontus. Yeah, I think I, I hear it as a promise. So, so 
dear listeners, we will definitely come back to the soldier, uh, to virtual manufacturing in a coming podcast to see what's the value we have derived from this project so far. Uh, gentlemen, I want to thank you very much for, for your attendance and for your for, for the discussion. I, I'm, I'm truly excited about this one. Uh, thank you very much. And thanks on behalf of Coop as well for, for trusting us in this project. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much.